Daniel Leach here, Alan Crane over there. This is Out of Bounds at the Southwest Triple M. Uh, okay, now every week we do a legend of the Southwest. Last week we were lucky enough to do two legends of the Southwest. We did, and Phil Narkel. Oh, how good was that? Yeah, and Wayne Watterson. Wayne Watterson was outstanding. Today you have up to the bar. Like, if this was the high jump, we've gone from the, you know, pretty good to the world record holders, just about. Because you've got someone real special. Very pleased with this one. And nothing but the best for this show, oh, Dan. Right, eh? And we have got one of the very best. Yes. And started as a Maris Junior. Yes. Went on to the Kerry Park Football Club. Mm-hmm. Then off to East Perth. Yeah. Then Hawthorne. Yeah. Then Essendon. Oh. And I speak clearly of Paul Barnard. Good day, Paul. Gents, how are we? Going wonderfully. Thank you very much for taking the time to have a chat to us. Obviously, a very storied AFL career, but let's talk about, just quickly, the early days, Marist and Kerry Park. What do you remember much about that? Uh, oh, they were great, great times, great memories, uh, great people that were involved. Um, started as a four-and-a-half-year-old playing footy, uh, filling in for my brother's team where my dad was the coach. Oh. I had to for about three months until she cottoned on what was going on, and then went on to play under a guy who I hold very highly in esteemed, uh, George Sharp, who basically taught me how to play footy. Um, and then off from Maris to Kerry Park, um, and then was under the tutelage of um, Sean O'Callaghan okay. and learnt my craft there, and then off to the big wide world in, in, the, in Perth under um, Stan Agro. What did you learn? What was what's the one thing you took away from your sort of junior years playing in the Southwest? What what was one thing that that you took from that that you then you know took to playing at East Perth, playing at Hawthorne, playing at Essendon? Well, number one rule is never never fight the big bloke. <laughs> I like that. That's good. Uh, particularly when you're four and a half and the jump is bigger than you. <laughs> um, so never bite off more than you can chew. That carried through. Good. When, uh, but um, just uh, just the enjoyment. Yeah. So, Paul, or, how, how long did you um, – sorry, mate. How long did you spend at uh, Kerry Park before you decided Waffle was where you wanted to be? Uh, well, I spent – I actually spent four years. I think it was nearly four years. I had a little hiatus in my, I think in my second year of Colts. I decided to go and play soccer. Oh. Um, I'd sort of had enough. It was sort of being a teenager and being uh, rebellious in some ways. And I'd played since I was four and a half, so I was over it. Um, but then soon realised that footy was my passion. So uh, really, really fortunate enough to work under um, Sean O'Callaghan. Actually played in a reserves final series under Stewie, who was a coach of reserves. So he virtually gave us. He took five or six Colts boys and put them in the reserves, and we played a final series. So he was probably credited to being the one that really blooded us. I mean, in those that group was a Josh Gallup and Shane Jones and Jason Mortimer, my brother. Mm. Um, so guys that were you know juniors emerging. They they had the courage, Kerry Park, to put put kids in, and and that was we're forever grateful for that because most of those guys went on to play state league or or higher. So um, it was a great system. I, I loved being part of the Maris Footy Club. I loved being part of the Kerry Park Footy Club. I still do. Uh, got family coaching there now. I'm still involved in in a, in a, in a minor way, and um, and our family is, and 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 really thrilled to to. To pay it back, I suppose. 
Now, 29 games in the waffle. Mm. How big a step was it when you went from the waffle to the AFL level? Yeah, yeah it was it, it was huge. I mean, um, I didn't really know much, to be honest. I just wanted to play footy. I never had a lot of system about the way I went footy. It was just see ball, get ball, go out there and... <laughs> And have a kick, but when you went to the the state leagues, they were, they were, it was all about system. Um, so that was the biggest transition, and that's what Sean O'Callaghan was trying to teach me at the time. Um, that you just can't go off and do what you want to do. You, you have that flair to do so, but there's some adherence you need in, in team rules and expectations from the team. And and as the levels increased, um, they got harder and stricter. So um, it was it was. A terrific time to be part of um, East Perth and played with some wonderful players up there. Um, Paul Pios was playing, um, McGrath, who was drafted, just come back or was from Fitzroy. Um, there was there was guys, Paul Sullivan was playing, Heath East, who's a local boy from yes. uh, Dean Mill. Yep. Um, so I really, Lucio Baroni was our captain, George Giannakis, all these older guys that were, were there were teaching me finishing school to be honest um, and then really whet the appetite to, to try and get to the next level. Our legend of the Southwest is with us at the moment in Paul Barnard uh, by the way credited as the 1000th player to appear for Essendon just a nice little stat for you well, there You've Craig. got good on your stats uh, there Dan Just you know, just find something on the odd occasion just to <laughs> pique your interest um, Playing at Hawthorne for a couple of seasons and then making the move to Essendon and I know Craney's going to ask about making that move to Essendon but I want to quickly touch on the grand final. 2000 you come in, you kick four goals, you have 12 possessions where where were you in the Norm Smith medal voting? Because I think you should have been at least near the top. I'll just ask me. I'll tell you. No. <laughs> That's why I asked you. No, no, no. It, it was a uh, a uh, a dream come true, mm. and, and uh, to I remember heard his speech, and, and it was quite funny because we can look back on it now. Before we 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 run out, we got the the group huddle, and uh, Herdy actually says, "Well, you know, look today, fellas, if we." You know, we make our dreams come true. Um, you'll all be premiership players, and it doesn't matter who wins the Norm Smith and all this sort of stuff. We'll all be premiership players and we'll do this. So we're all like, yeah, all right, all by you. And then all of a sudden, uh, he gets the, uh, oh, you guys go and do that, Barney. You go and pick up my man, and everyone else can pick up my man. I'll just go off and win them. And then uh, we did enlighten him that later that night that, hey, mate, what about happened to it? He said, oh, yeah, there's my rules and then there's your rules. So <laughs> I'm the captain of the team. So it was quite good. But, um, yeah, fond memories of that team. This year was our 20th year anniversary. Yes. But given COVID restrictions at the moment. Can't do bugger all. Can't do bugger all. You so, can't do uh, a sportsman's night. You can't have a get-together. I mean, what's oh, that? It must have been really hurtful when you heard that COVID all of a sudden. It's like, oh, I don't want to do some cashies all of a sudden. Come on. I don't know about cashies. Uh, the <laughs> Um, no, they're a bit of a passion killer, really, isn't it? But uh, we we uh, we catch up every year, um, and and it seems to grow better and better each year. And the stories get longer and longer, yeah. and bigger and bigger. And we did more and more than what we should have, and actually did. So uh, there's a fair bit of um, trap being being spoken about. So uh, yeah, 
But the lineup, the lineup from that grand final. I mean, we were just running through it just uh, before. There's we, names galore, isn't it's there? Such a good lineup. John Barnes, of course. Stephen Alessio, Justin Blumfield, who some also think probably should have got the the uh, Norm Smith that day. Dustin Fletcher, Damian Hardwick, obviously Hurdy, the Johnson boys, Matthew Lloyd, Michael Long, Scotty Lucas, Mark McCurie, who is one of my absolute favourites. You keep going down that list. It is a star-studded lineup. At what point did you sort of pinch yourself that you're part of this Essendon team? Well, I can tell you, it wasn't in round 21 because I got dropped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been a bit scary. Uh, I was a bit nervous then, old boy. So I was, uh, look, I hadn't had a, two, a good two or three games leading up to that. And I sort of knew that, and limited game time. So I sort of I sort of didn't really think I'd get dropped. But Sheeds came to me and said, look, you, you've got to have a run in the twos, mate, to get your game time up. And we need you to work on this, this, this and this. And, don't worry, you'll be straight back in. Then it, that's like saying that you know to a coach that you've got the full support of the board. Really. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> right. Uh, but I went off to Frankston. I didn't even know where Frankston was. Yeah. Uh, I'd never been there, and the locals down there weren't weren't as friendly as I thought they would be. Uh, and we won. And then of course the Bulldogs beat beat yes. uh, the Bombers. So I actually never lost a game that year. That was the only game I was back in the following week. Bit nervous about it during the week, but he said you'll be right. So from that point on, I thought, yeah, I'm part of this team, um, and we're we're hopefully on to bigger and better things in in four six week time. And just just to reset that, yeah, Essendon were twenty and zip at that point. Then you get dropped. They lose against the Western Bulldogs, as you say, only loss of the year. It's just remarkable that two thousand year crony. It was. And before we uh, move on to how you shifted from Hawthorne to Essendon, that run out in front of the MCG on Grand Final day. Oh. Do you just stand in the middle and just? Have a what's the gut feel within a footballer to actually do something that everybody dreams of? Um, well, your adrenaline's pumping. Um, you don't really settle down until uh, you know midway through the game. Which for me, I didn't come on till halfway through the second quarter. So I had a fair bit of time to to uh, sit back and, and have a look. And um, as I said to you earlier, it's probably a, a bit more of a realization of a dream from a kid that was running around with a jumper that was too big for him at Mars to running out on the biggest stage and on the biggest day with the biggest stakes on offer um, was was a realisation of a dream. So, um, yeah, look, it, 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 it's sort of um, surreal when you do it, um, but you don't have time to do it as well, uh, to sit back and admire your work. You've got to get on with it. And we had a very, very good team and, and we had a formidable opponent. Um, and it's almost like it was it was business like, and then after the game you can enjoy it. So um, yeah, with a great great group of people, not only um, players but our staff, um, our trainers, everyone involved. It was a, it was a group effort, particularly after '99. Now Hawthorne uh, didn't like Essendon very much, and vice versa. <laughs> yes. How does Paul Barnard go from being a Hawthorne player to an Essendon player? Um, it was a bit of a story there. Uh, I was working at the time. I didn't have a, a mobile. Or I may have had it and left it and had no way of being contacted. Um, and this particular day, I'd been trying to sign. I'd been approached to to um, get, a, get a Melbourne-based manager. I had uh, Wayne Thacker and Graham Burroughs, two local boys, Bunbury boys, that mm. were actually looking after me at the time. Um, and they advised me to get Melbourne so that, they could deal with it there and then. Um, and things went silent. And the reason they went silent is Peter Knight got sacked. 
Um, so all contracts were uh, on hold. The new coach came in, Ken Judge, um, and then two weeks went by. I hadn't heard anything, and then I get a call. Um, yeah, look, there's some things going on in the background, uh, but I think nothing's concrete. I'm wanting to know, you know, give me the two two year deal that you promised. Mm. I go from work one day and I go to the Hawthorne Footy Club and to do some weights, business as usual. Um, no, none the wiser until I greet the football manager, and he's got a, a strange old look on his face. <laughs> and I sort of said, "Well, what's wrong? He said, uh, Have you checked your messages?" I said, "No, I haven't been home. I've been at work." He said, uh, "You've got a meeting with Kevin Sheedy tonight." And I said, what do you mean? He said, yeah, we've got a deal on the table. We'd like you to, <laughs> like you to entertain the thought of being traded to Western. And I sort of, I said, what? <laughs> he said, yeah, yeah, you've got dinner at 6 o'clock at Dimitina's restaurant, live on street. Of course, when I got home, I sculped home a little bit disappointed and flat, a little bit surreal. I was like, what? Um, and then there's all the messages on the phone and the answering machine from the manager saying, mate, can you pick up? We've got... Don't go to the footy club, please. <laughs> so I did. So uh, the rest is history. That night, I signed a, a two-year deal with, with Essendon um, and was part of the Paul Salmon, Andrew Jarman, Sean and Wellman yeah. deal for the four of us. So it was sort of the first of the big complex deals, um, which I think everyone was a win-win for everyone. Oh, yeah. Now, Kevin Sheedy, we know he's a terrific fellow. Uh, how did you find him as a coach and what sort of coach was he? Oh, he's probably the, one of the most positive people I've ever met in my life. Um, no matter what the circumstance and as, as dire as it seems, um, he was always, you know, glass half full. He backed his players in, um, but you had to earn that trust from him. Um, once you'd established that trust with him, then, you know, he, he would back you into the hilt. So it was really um, reassuring for a young player still trying to make his own. I'd only played 11 games at Hawthorne. Um, and to get his reassurance that mate, if you do these sorts of things um, and, uh, and do the things that I ask you to do, you, you'll actually get a game and keep doing them and, and you'll be right. So Sheeds is a visionary. Um, he's a great man, Sheeds, and has a lot of time for, I think there's a long trail of West Australians that have been um, from Essendon to, uh, from the southwest to, to Essendon and Peter Cransberg and Leon Baker and myself. Um, so, yeah, it's been a good breeding ground uh, for Essendon and the Southwest. Yeah, I was going to say, it's obviously one of the reasons why there's such a big affinity in the Southwest region for Essendon. You see lots of number plates that still have Essendon uh, numbers on them. It's, it's, it's a huge thing. Um, just a quick one. It's Doug Nichols' round coming up in the AFL this weekend and uh, the celebration of Aboriginal players. Uh, I mentioned before playing with Michael Long, one of the absolute just most incredible players to to don an Essendon jumper, I would have thought. Um, it, what's it, what was it like playing with Michael Long? Because I feel like he would have been such an inspirational player to play with as well. Yeah, Long, Long he's a terrific guy. He's, he was just longing to us. Um, everything he did outside of footy was, was sort of his thing. But when, he, when you're in the change rooms with the boys, he's got a really dry sense of humour. and um, You know, he's just a terrific person. He's gone on to... Uh, bigger and better things off the field and um, through all his the long walk um, that he's been doing and and, and certain things that, um, that programs he's put in place are learning for Aboriginal kids and 
Um, it's been terrific. Um, Dean Rioli was another one. Dean, yes. Dean's probably the most skillful player I've ever played with. Oh. That's a big statement. That's a big statement. That's right. Yeah. I've played with the likes of Hurd and, and Darren Jarman and Jason Dunstall and John Platten and all these sorts of guys, and Lloyd and Lucas. But Dean seemed to... Um, I, I liken Dean to Mark Waugh. When he was batting, Mark seemed to have a lot of time. Um, Dean seemed to have a lot of time on his hands for the rest of it. The rest of us, it was all a rush. Mm. We're trying to get on the ball, and Dean would just make time slow down. And to me, he, as I said, he, he was, he's, I still keep in contact with Dean, and he's, he's probably the most skillful player I've ever played with, um, to be, as I said. So, uh, but Longie, Longie was a great. He's a great ambassador for his people and, and Australia. Um, I hope he goes continues to, to do what he does. Indeed. And one more for me, Paul. Um, talking to Richie today, actually, he says to say good day. Oh. But there was a game back here where all the Barnard boys got together and played in that game. That must have been a, a big thrill for all of us. Yeah, that was, that was the pinnacle of sort of for our family and sport down there where we got to represent the club we love, which is Kerry Park. We're, we're through and through Kerry Park. Um where we were thrilled. My mother was thrilled. My, my grandmother was still alive. My father came down from up north. Um, and it was a great affair. A few, few beers and beverages later that night. But <laughs> I think I couldn't walk for a week because I was uh, in Bendigo at the time running the state team for Essendon, the Bendigo Bombers, and I hadn't really been training that much. Um, and we, we had a Friday night session at Kelly Park. And uh, Craig Nishi, who was the coach, he's... They, they changed for about two hours. I said, well, this wasn't in the deal. Like, <laughs> I can hardly walk. Um, and then you catch up with all the crew at, at Kerry Park, and, and it was it was a great night on the Friday night, and catching up with friends and family on the Saturday. So it wasn't probably the most... Uh, uh, it was a dubious preparation, let's call it. Uh, <laughs> Craig didn't know it at the time, but he probably does now once he hears this. But um, yeah, it was it was a huge moment for our family, and we're forever grateful not not only to uh, Bustleton Footy Club who helped. Um, we wanted to try and get it transferred, but we couldn't. Um, but also Kerry Park, and and there was a couple of kids that were displaced from the team uh, to get Jeremy and myself in and we're forever grateful for those boys as well so it was a, it was a huge occasion for our family um, and something we look back on fondly. Oh, I can imagine that would have been something really really amazing and for those that would have been there uh, to watch that game as well I think they would have been uh, in for something very very special. We could keep talking but um, we've got to go to the footy in just a tick so we better cut it short. Look all I say is get the podcast because this is one heck of a chat it's a lengthy one, but it is so worth it. Uh, Paul Barnard, an absolute delight to catch up with you, to be on the show this afternoon. Uh, wish you the best of luck with everything else that uh, you do in your future endeavours. And, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us on Out of Bounds. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks, Granny.